This is what the price just went up means. It means you have just increased your value. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. So when the price goes up, that means, hey, you just hit a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. You just hit the jackpot. You just went from this level to here. And that's what I want everybody to do. Um, it's all about motivation. Okay. How can you go from a two to a three? Yeah. How can you go from this tax bracket to this tax bracket? Mm -hmm. You know, just better yourself, you know, and that's what I push because that's what I am. And that's what I will always do. Welcome back to the Two Step in the Fail podcast where we tell stories about overcoming adversity. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. It'll really help me out. Um, today, we got a real special guest in the building. He's the owner, CEO of Marcus Mounts, um, also a hometown hero. Uh, we got the one and only Marcus Porter Sr. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling great. Yeah. Doing what I do. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you coming out. I know we uh, had some technical difficulties and uh, had to reschedule a couple of times, but yeah. I really appreciate you uh, just being flexible with me. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so um, being from being from Union County, you know that it's a sports town. Um, yeah. What Could you kind of explain um, how how is it like growing up in a sports town that's, you know, just predominantly – Thinking about your major football, baseball, basketball. How was that for you? Growing All right. Up? So with me growing up, um, being in a sports town, I always knew that, you know, Union was thrived on sports. Union thrived on championships. So um, I grew up in Kelton, of course, um, but I was also raised in Lakewood. So Lakewood, of course, is directly behind the high school. So I would always hear, you know, the football teams breaking it down, the tour days during the summer. So I'd always hear them. Mm -hmm. um, so I already knew um, that once I was of age, I would become a champion just like those guys. Mm -hmm. um, 19, let me see, 1995, I was one of the, um, the water boys during the summer. Mm -hmm. So I was able to see, um, you know, uh, DJ Rice, uh, Marcus Stewart, Donovan B.B. Norman, seeing those guys do that thing. My cousin Geek, you know, who was one of the actual goats, um, 10th grader. Um, carried those guys to the state championship and won it. Um, Bop as well from Lakewood. Um, seeing those guys, they motivated me, you know. And I told them, I said, um, I was actually, I had a picture while I was on a bike. Um, and it was in front of the newspaper. Um, and I was watching those guys practice. And the news guy, he asked me, he said, you know, he asked me, you know, what are you doing or whatever. And my response was, I'm going to win the state championship that's just like those guys. Mm. And so, you know, you fast forward, you know, four years later, 1999 state champions, 14 and one. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a lot that goes into winning a, champ, a championship. Yeah. Um, before we even get there, um, when you first get to the high school, what was that like, like preparing to go to a championship? Oh, okay. So again, it all started in, you know, peewee leagues. Mm -hmm. But again, in 95, when we were eighth graders, we watched those guys win it. Right. Um, and we also told our coaches, whenever we get to high school, we were going to win it. Um, and those two seventh and eighth grade teams in 95 and 96 at Sims went undefeated. So we already knew our aspirations um, were to be the best, just like 
we saw our big brothers doing that were in high school. So the preparation started years before. Um, once we got there, it was it was you know weight room and stay focused. A lot of us, most of the majority of us, stayed on the team. We stayed in school. Um, we had a few fall to the wayside, but hey, you know that's life. Right. Um, but the majority of us, we stayed on track and we completed Man, the job. So, so how does that moment feel when y'all? No, you you the last team standing. How did that feel? Oh, it was great. It it was it was everything that it seemed like from the stands. You know, you know, you had the whole city yeah. every Friday night during my senior year, and on for the next three or four years, we cleared the um the city. The city out, they followed us. Yeah. The city literally followed Union County or Union County High School now, but you know Union yeah. High School. Everybody was in yellow jacket, so um, it, it was the greatest feeling. It was unmatched. Yeah, man, that's one thing that I kind of, you know, we all want to win it all. Um, yeah. Being the class of 2008, we only made it to upper state, so it was one, one game away. But I just, I can only imagine that feeling just something yeah. that you really never forget. Oh, yeah. Especially um, if you don't get a chance to, like, go on to that next level. It's like mo most athletes, you know, that that's their highlight. Yeah, that's the highlight reel. You're right in high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what, was football your favorite sport? Well, it, it was pretty much, it, it was a seasonal thing. Mm -hmm. So football season, y'all football, baseball season, y'all baseball. Um, but it, it was, it was pretty much a split, but you know, once you start the winning in, whatever you win in the most, that becomes like, it, 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 it kind of like edges out, right. but I, I was pretty much split. So you didn't, you didn't have a, a love for either one? Specifically, you you loved it all, basically. Yeah, I loved it all. Yeah, okay. it was just the competitiveness. Definitely. So, what would you say were some of your biggest influences growing up? Um, my biggest influence were just the guys that were older. Mm -hmm. That was it. You know, you can just feel the energy. You know, growing up living in Kelton, you know, you had the baseball field right up the street. So mm -hmm. Sundays, everybody comes to Kelton. Yeah. So you know, you you see that you know, and it's already ingrained in your your heritage. You know, my father, he was um, a high school player. You know, he went on to set, um, I think, six records at Coppin State in Maryland. So it was already, it was in, it was within me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it was in eight. It's something to say about seeing it done. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like, for you, it's real. It makes it more real. Um, yeah. You know, as opposed to you just seeing it in your head and going out and getting it. I mean, either way, you had to work for it. Yeah. But if you've seen it done, it makes it seem more possible for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It makes it visible. You know, mm -hmm. you can actually see it. You can touch it. Again, going back to the 95 state championship thing, team, that, that will always be my favorite. Mm -hmm. Out of any state championship team ever come through Union, um, that 95 team, that that's a special group. I mean, they were like... They were like the, the football gods. They were just big. And I was like, God almighty, if we ever get that big and, and play like those guys. Right. And, you know, I always give respect where it's due. So, and I see those guys right now. Those, those are the those are the big homies. Right. Those are the OGs of football. So uh, much respect. And, you know, they, they pulled us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got there. We, we go ahead. We, we, we finished it off. We made it happen. Yeah. So at what point during the season do you see either – we got a chance to take this thing all the way, or oh, we we going we going all the way. Um, it was the first actually it was the first game against Spartan High. Um, that the running back his name was Mike Wanamaker, mm -hmm. aka Squirrel. Um, you know, and he was the you know the the the, 
the center point. But again, we had Roscoe. Mm. And we had, you know, we had all our other studs. We had Zay. We had Joseph Petty. We had Reggie Tucker. We had Carlos Henderson. We had Bryce Gregory. We had everybody. everybody. So again, um, we 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 kept them restrained. Mm. Um, Roscoe once Roscoe took it back to the house. It was four. It was seven up. Roscoe took it back to the house. Um, that was it. Once we beat Smart High, and I don't think we had beaten Smart High in the past nine, ten years within that. You know, from I think we beat them in like ninety, ninety one, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But then we haven't beat them again until ninety nine when we beat them. Right. Um, so once we beat them, I mean, I have pictures where I'm pointing at my ring thing. Uh, I'm like, it's, it's a wrap. So after that, um, I think we got beat by Gaffney. That was a heartbreaker. They beat us with seventeen seconds to go on mm-hmm. the clock. They kicked a field goal. I think it was seventeen seconds. Don't quote me, but I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they had um. Oh, uh, what's his name? Bradshaw Littlejohn. Big guy. Biggest quarterback that we ever played against. Um, they beat us by three points. After that, I don't think we got scored on for a month. Man. Yeah. But again, um, Coach Anthony, who he he thrived on sportsmanship. So Coach Anthony would never let us play past the third quarter. So the seniors, the starters, um, the starters never played past the third quarter. So the guys that you saw in the, the fourth quarter were – the freshmen, those were the um, sophomore. Those were like Mike Land, who came up and may you rest Ooh. in peace. That's my bro. Um, Rip, you know, those guys, they came in and again, they won again. They won as well. Right. So, but again, those guys were able to hone their skills, you know, as freshmen, sophomores on the big stage. Yeah, so they was getting championship level experience. Yeah. Like, both, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Speaking, yeah, it was. Speak, it was. Out of all the studs that were on those championship teams, um, Roscoe is the name that like I hear a lot, and I hate that I didn't get to see y'all play because mm-hmm. I wasn't here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was it like seeing that firsthand? That kind of athlete. All right, so here's the thing, Roscoe. A lot of people don't understand. Roscoe was when when they say humble, he was the epitome of humble. Uh-huh. So he, he's never gonna talk. Right. He's never gonna you know, say anything about what he's going to do. He's going to go in the weight room, do what he does. You know, it was ridiculous. I mean, we watched the actual legend grow up. You know, we grew up with him. So, right. I mean, cool, yeah, coolest guy you're going to see. But when he gets on the field, he was an animal. I mean, there's no, I mean, there was no competition. It it was a, you know, it's a man amongst boys. Yeah. Yeah. Just pass me the ball and I'm going to take it to the house. You kick me the ball, I'm going <laughs> to run it to the house. Opening kickoff. Um, my senior year in the state championship, um, they kicked it to him, mm. took it to the house. So, yeah. Just a, a true X factor. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you go pro in baseball and football out of high school, you know, that don't happen. Yeah, that just don't happen every day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after after you get get to hoist that trophy up, um, mm-hmm. It's time to go to college. Did you did you have a chance to play at the yeah. next level? Yeah. So I went um, D one AA. I went to Charleston Southern. I played down there, and um, um, it, it was a great experience down there as well. I played down there for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Then I transferred out. I had my daughter, Miss Monet. Yeah. Okay. So um, in when you are in when at what point did you decide to go the education route as far as career? All right. So again, it, it goes back to, I guess, my heritage. It goes back to, you know, where I come from. Um, the educational part, it was like it was always there. Mm-hmm. I just was immature. Like I rebelled a lot um, from 2000 up until maybe 2004. 
I was just rebellious in my own right. You know, I wasn't going and doing stuff within the community. It just, I rebelled within myself because I had been walking a straight arrow, you know, dealing with things that had been going on in my life and my family, my personal life, you know, with, you know, your parents and all this good stuff. But you, you know, you, you would just... It was just time to just to just let it go. I mm-hmm. said, okay, I'm going to just do me. So I just went to work, you know, dropped out of college, um, dropped out of USC up, say, for like a year and a half. Um, and then I started figuring stuff out like, this is not it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, let me just do what I'm naturally inclined to do. I went into education, like second nature. Man, so going into that field, um, I saw that you we had basically – a similar background and kind of studied a little bit of psychology in there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, becoming becoming a school counselor though, what, mm-hmm. was, what was that process like for you? Again, it it, it was seamless, I would say, because um, I worked at Kent White Pines for like five, I think it was like five years, mm-hmm. uh, from '03 to '08. Yeah, so I did all my undergrad there, mm-hmm. um, and then I. I went into, I was at Broome High School there for a few years, and that's where I earned my master's degree. A coach and I, we, um, we actually went through it together. So we, we said, you know what, we're going to get our master's degrees and, you know, we're going to actually, you know, put our foot to the pedal. Let's go. So, um, I think he graduated before me and then I finished up after that. Huh. And then, you know, once you start putting your name out there, I don't think he needs a chance. That's true. So, yeah. So what would you say are some of the, um, what are some of your favorite parts about what you do? Being a counselor. Here's the thing about being a counselor. You get to be you. Mm-hmm. There's no curriculum to be a counselor. Right. You you have to know how to do it. Of course, you get the, the degrees, the masters, but that's not that's not what's most important. The most important thing is your ability to reach, teach, and guide the youth. Right. You know, because if, if the kids don't, if they don't vibe with you, then they're not going to take heed to what you have to say. So you have to be able to talk to them on their level. Right. You can't come in there talking, hi, my name is Mr. Porter. I'm this educated guy, because they don't care about that. They want to know, do you care about me? Do you love me? And are you going to help me? And once you get that down pat, it's second nature. So I never worked. I just going to be me. Mm. So the, if if you do have any, is there any ideal student that you like to work with? I like to work with the kids who are similar to me. Mm-hmm. The kids who the kids who society or people may say, okay, he's a little rough on the edges or or she's having a little trouble. Give me those kids because that's who I grew up around. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. That's my that's where I come from. So I can talk to those kids just like that. And they're like, wow, how, can, how, how are they listening to you? It's because I talk to them out of eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I sit down and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't stand up and look down. Hmm. Can you think of any moments where that your past and going through that yourself kind of made it easier for that transition? Yeah. Um, I, t- I, t- I say this all the time. I think every child in America needs to spend a summer in Kelton. Kelton showed me everything. I that just it's just the truth. Everything. Um, again, I lived in um, Chambertown, um, New Street. Let me see, Chambertown, New Street, Lakewood. Um, I, I lived everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like all that was a culmination of who I am today. So I can just reach and teach a lot of people that I come in contact with, and so I know how to, you know, what, what they call it. Um, I can become a chameleon with, with, with any environment. Hmm. 
I like that. Um, if for anybody who would like to follow in your footsteps, do you have any tips for them as yeah. far as the the council of rock? What I would say is first, you know, make sure it's something that you love. Don't do something. Don't go in it for the pay. Yeah. Don't go in it because it's you know this. You know, I'm a school counselor because that's not what it's about. You have to be. You have to love it because one thing about children, they're hypersensitive, so they they know who's there for them. Right. And once they figure out that you are, you got them. Mm-hmm. Once they figure out that you're not, you're done. They're not gonna pay you any attention. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna pay you any attention, and you're gonna hear people say, "Oh, these kids getting on my nerves." No, they're just not respecting you. It's crazy because I I love I hear the passion in your voice for the kids. Yeah. yeah. And would you would you agree that that education as a whole is kind of suffering at this point? Um, I guess it's it's depending on the certain aspect what you're saying suffering. What do you mean suffering? I mean, as far as the support for I feel like there needs to be more you in in the school system. Okay, that's a good point. Okay, so with me being a black man. Um, we only represent 1.9% of the educators. So only 1.9% of educators are black. Right. That's it. Period. That's it. Not even 2%. 1.9. We can, we're not even at 2. Mm-hmm. So again, when you have a young black boy sitting in that classroom and he sees a black man standing at the front of his classroom, then, okay, now he can touch that guy. He's real. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Now I can aspire to be him or be or, or get more from him. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, in psychology, we call it the similar to me effect. If you look like me, I'm, I'm going to gravitate towards you. It's natural. So you have the white kids. They they see they they see their role models right. every day. They see them. They see them in different. They see them in, in the women. They see them in the men. They see them in the old. They see them in the young. But with black um boys and black girls. You know, girl, black girls. I don't know the stats with um black teachers, um the females, but with black men, you know, our black boys need us. They need to see us doing more than just you know running, jumping, and singing. Right. Because a lot of people say my kid going pro. Well, I went pro. I'm a professional. Right. I sign a contract every year. Mm-hmm. I sign a contract literally. So we got to get that out of their heads. Then thinking that okay, they have to run, jump, and sing. Okay. Well, can you be a dentist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you be a doctor? Yeah. Can you be a lawyer? Yeah. Can you be a businessman or businesswoman? Yes. Can you be a business owner? Yes. That's what I, um, not necessarily push, mm-hmm. but I introduce them to it. That's, that's, you, you hit it on the head with that one. Why do you think we're so underrepresented? Because a lot of stuff when you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff you don't know. And, I, and I'm 40 years old and I'm just not learning it because we weren't taught. Right. See, if I don't teach you, you don't know. You you walk around ignorant. So a lot of times, a lot of a lot of us are ignorant, and it's not by choice. It's mm-hmm. because you just don't know. Right. So what you have to you have to people you have what they call them um, gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was to consider me a gatekeeper, that means it's on me morally to pass it down. Right. So that's what I do my best to pass it down. I pass it down to my junior. Mm-hmm. Pass it down. Listen, son, this is what you can do. You can see your father in a in a in a white collar during the day, and you can see me in a blue collar when I get off because I'm a business owner, of course. So you get to see both sides, and you get to pick. So, yeah. did you have any any representation of that um, when you were younger? Yeah, my father. He's in education, so he's been in education since you know, eons. Okay. You know. So again. You you get both sides, right. yeah. So, um, 
kind of kind of shifting shifting bases just a little bit. Um, I notice a lot of times, a lot of the time, especially on social media, mm-hmm. um, you you reply to a lot of posts with the price goes up. Yeah. What does that What does that mean to you? Good. I'm glad you <laughs> asked that question because a lot of times people and I, I made a post one day. This is what the price just went up means. It means you have just increased your value. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. So when the price goes up, that means hey, you just hit a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. You just hit the jackpot. You just went from this level to here, and that's what I want everybody to do. Um, it's all about motivation. Okay, how can you go from a two to a three? Yeah. How can you go from this tax bracket to this tax bracket, mm-hmm. you know, just better yourself, you know, and that's what I push because that's what I am and that's what I will always be. Go to the next level. Why, 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 you know, like, like Jay-Z said, what's better than one billionaire? Two. So let's go. Let's get it. That makes sense. And not only that, once you hit that level, you also become an authority and you can, like you said, you can teach the lower levels how to get to the level that you are. And then every level that you climb, just rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um. And I and I always say this. Um. There's no fun. You know. There's no fun in being successful by yourself. Right. So everything, literally, that I've accomplished, mm-hmm. I have my brother Reggie Gray, who has the same thing or more. Everything. I bought a house. I told Reggie, "You gonna buy a house mm-hmm. next year." He got a house. I got a master's. I said, Reggie, you're going to get a master's. He got a master's. Mm. I went and got another master's. I said, Reggie, you're going to get another master's. Nah, man. Nah. I said, Reggie, trust me, you are, bro. He just graduated again. Mm. So everything that I have, he has. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? See, that's the whole thing that we have to get into our culture. If I get it, it's, it's my moral obligation to help or motivate at least one person mm. so that each one teach one. I literally live by it. But people won't, they really won't know it, right. but I do. So again, if I got it, you better believe that somebody else has it. Because, you know, they're going to be people saying, oh, you think he got this, he think he got that. But the homie over here sitting over here with the same thing saying, right. yeah, I appreciate him for getting it. Because now I got it. And now it's his obligation to help the next man. And sooner or later, there's a domino effect. Now we all eating good. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? There's no, no, there's no need to eat by yourself. Food isn't good by itself. Mm. And it's it's funny that you would say to the point of um, maybe a naysayer or a hater. It's it's more so. It's not that you are trying to brag or boast about anything. It's more so. If anything, you proof that it can happen for other people. And that's the whole thing, you know. Again, I get on social media on purpose. On purpose, everything I do is on purpose, and it is strategic. Here's the thing: the people who know me. If they have my cell phone number, they know me. Mm-hmm. They'll call me. They say, what you, what you cutting up for? I say, I'm just messing with them. I'm just messing with yeah. them. You know, and again, if I think that a person has a, a, predis, uh, a predisposition, a mm-hmm. thought about me, I'm going to push it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make, I'm going to really make you think I, right. I'm that way. <laughs> I'm going to make you really think I'm, uh, uh, whatever it is that you may think. Right. But just don't let me know because remember, <laughs> I'm a student of psychology. Right. So again, um, but again, the people who who know me personally, they know it's nothing but love in here. And mm-hmm. if I got it, you can get it. But if I don't have it, I'm gonna do my best to help you get it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I do it. It's all for me. I like that. I remember um, a while ago um, there was kind of a recognition of local business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, it kind of took a little bit of backlash from yeah. this, from the standpoint of I really don't know where it came from. Yeah. I, I saw it as an excellent opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it kind of speaks to the area and yeah. and a certain type of mindset. Yeah. Um, it was uh, I think 2020. I want to say I we so. did the um the the freshman class mm-hmm. or whatever that was done. It was done on it was done on a whim. It was right. um excuse me. I just actually was like, hey, I just need to take a picture mm-hmm. with some business owners and with we well black business owners because mm-hmm. I want to of course put us in a positive light. Right. And you know, a few people I called, and again, like me, I'm so sporadic, mm-hmm. and and a lot of a lot of times. I didn't give those business owners enough time. Right. So again, that was on me. Right. I'll take that. I'll eat that one. Um, but you got to understand, there's no way that I'm going to get everybody. No. So the people that I got were there and they served their purpose. And the whole purpose was for motivational purposes only. That's it. You saw the people who were there mm-hmm. and the people who couldn't make it. It's okay. Right. Just show love. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you saw it, and you didn't like it, please feel free to replicate it. Mm-hmm. It's not patent. Right. It's not copyright. You can do it. Take another picture. I'll come and get in your picture. Right. You see what I'm saying? But I have a lot more. And again, my whole thing is I want people to learn from me and also teach me so I can teach somebody else. Because I'm, I'm never going to just hold it in. Right. I want somebody else to get it. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that. It, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings of... Um, it takes nothing from your candle to light somebody else. That's right. Uh, you can't light a candle that's going to put yours on. You're going to light that one. Let's go. Let's go. But again, you know, people, it, it's a mind state. Mm-hmm. It's a mind state. And I understand when people come at me in a negative manner. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is, okay, you're right. Good job. Because you're not going to get a reaction. Uh-uh. You, you, you have to. No, you're not getting a reaction out of me. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, a, I'm in control of my feelings at all times. I'm in control of me at all times. So if I know that you're coming to me a certain way, I just absorb it. Hmm. That's it. I just absorb it. Now you feel it, you know, your own way and it's okay. Let's continue. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like that because it like you're unbothered and you honestly don't have time to react. No. No, I have, I have four children. <laughs> I have four children. So and you know, even although they're they're you know they can take care of themselves right now, besides my baby girl Mariah, um, I, I'm okay. Mm. I'm I'm okay. I'm in my own lane. Like you have people who are followers. There's there's no one on this planet who can say Marcus depends on me. No, he's a solo. Mm. He's so I have my friends. I have my crew. Right. They're behind the scenes and they know mm-hmm. if anything, I, I got you. We're good. If you need to come here, I got you. But again. I don't. I'm, I'm one of those guys who who do not have to be surrounded by a crew. I am the crew. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that. It's, it's like a, I keep saying, you know, just have, when you have when you truly have things going on and and goals to set, you you don't have time for anything that is taken away from that. No, because you 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 start to realize the value. Mm-hmm. Once you realize your value, then you understand where who gets your attention mm-hmm. and how much they get. Because your time is that that's your money, your yeah. time. You can't get it back. Nope. So you know, and again, health is wealth. So why stress my body? Stress my body when the other person is over there chilling out. 
So what I do, I, I absorb it. I absorb it. I pray for them. I give them love and keep moving. Because see, the thing is, they're not mad at me. They're mad at what they see in me. Mm-hmm. They wish they had. And that's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. That's a bar right there. Yeah. Just seeing seeing what you could be if you applied yourself. Yeah. And I'll help them. <laughs> I, I'll sit down with people. i sit down. Listen, bro. Listen. Or, or young lady, if you mad at me, guess what? I still want to learn from you. Right. So tell me, what, 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 what's all that? What's the animosity about? Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Do you have my cell phone number? Okay, then it's not personal. Right. That, that's something with you because you don't know me. You just heard about me. Right. And that's okay. Not like that. So at what point do you get into TV mode? All right, so here's the thing. And let me go ahead and say this for the world. The reason why I began mounting TVs is because I was broke. There it is. And people are like, no, for real? Yes, I was broke. Broke. Two and a half years, broke. Broke, broke, and I prayed to God. I prayed to God, and I used to ask and pray and ask specifically for what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how because the how was not up to me. The how was up to God. So what I did was I asked God. I said, listen, I want to have enough money to take care of my children and to help other people. That's the only two purposes. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's two. Take care of my children and help take care of other people. Because I'm good. I'm all right. I, I can deal with the bad minimum. And the whole time, um, 2000, 2016, so I have to get it back. So 2016, my cousin Ike Porter, Isaiah Porter, he um he called me and just asked me out of the blue, hey, Cuzzo, can you come and mount my TV? And I'm like, yeah. So hung up, looked at a couple YouTube videos. God can do it. I went and mounted his TV with the tools that I had mm-hmm. because I was always a handyman. I always watched HGTV right. for years when I first moved to my first apartment. Um, so I went and mounted his TV and I never posted it. Mm-hmm. Never posted it. So from 2016 to 2018, it was just dormant. Um, 2018, um, I had um, the one, I think, the one of Brennan. The one of Brennan, I think. That's who she called me and I mounted her TV. Mm-hmm. I think she went live. Um, while I was actually doing it. So that was like the second TV. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I may have I may have done maybe another two or three in between that time. But then I think October, November, my brother, Jamal Porter, he called me. Bro, I got a, what he had, a 75-inch Samsung, which are the heaviest TVs in America <laughs> yeah. um, besides LG. He, he called me over to mount his TV. So I mounted it. Mm-hmm. But this time, this was the first TV that I posted. So I posted his TV. It got maybe close to 400 likes. The rest of the history. That's it. That's exactly how it was. There's there's no elaborate writing it out. No, that was, it went, it, it shot through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. But yeah, it bring, it's, it's, I say that it's crazy, but really it's not because I feel as though a lot of people think that they get in a situation similar. Mm-hmm. And they they feel as though they have to be passionate about something before for it to take off, or it be in a situation where I wish I wish that I had this knowledge way back in the day. All you mm-hmm. did was go on YouTube and learn, and then mm-hmm. that skill, you know, you cultivated that skill in into income. Yeah. Um. What happened was I had a family member. He told me, he said, listen, you, you, you're getting all these likes on your page. Mm-hmm. He was always telling me, this was before um, Marcus Mounts was ever created. Mm-hmm. He said, you need to put something in front of your audience. Mm-hmm. You get 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred likes on a post or picture, then you need to put something in front of your 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 um your Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. And so what I was doing was I was okay, how can I piece this together? So again, I prayed to God, asked God, okay, what do I need to do? The whole time my TV has been on my wall since I bought my house. Mm-hmm. Paid a guy, he can't put my TV on the wall. And it's been up there since 2009. Mm-hmm. So 2009 to 2016 to until 2018, that TV has been on the wall looking at me. Right. So it's I be, it's been there. The right. motivation's been there. I just right. didn't see it. So I asked God, and there it was. It's like, hey, I've been looking at you the whole time, waiting on you to take heed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that that's just how it was. And then um, I got with Marcus Richards, who is the that guy, best electrician. Young black, straight out of Spartanburg by way of Union. His family is the Halls and Union. Marcus Richards, that, that's my dude. That's my brother right there. Like, if I eat, I'm going to make sure he eats. Period. Forever. I got, I got him. I got him forever. Because he's the one who showed me how to actual, actually um, make the TV float wireless. So I owe him everything. But he's, again, he's one of those humble, quiet guys. He's not going to say anything. So I'm going to toot his horn for him. Marcus Richards. That's my brother. Right Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, um, how how do you how many about how many clients do you say that you service in a month? In a month, uh, um, give uh, or take. I, well, I would say TVs because that's what I keep mm-hmm. on TV. So I'm hovering around. I'm right at two thousand three. Two, let me see, two thousand nine hundred ninety seven right now. Man, so I need three more TVs. Three more. So I got a couple to do today. So I probably y'all see a post later today. I hit my three thousand mark. So again, oh, yeah. But the first six months, let me go ahead. Let me, let me rewind it. Mm-hmm. The first six months I only mounted six TVs. Right. That was it. Six in five months. So people think home run first. No, no. You got to grind. You had to grind. I mean, you got to get on the road. You got to get on the road. And the best and the the most important people are strangers. It's not your family. It's not your family. It's not your neighborhood. It's not your city. It's the strangers. Mm. I love the strangers. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why would you say that you feel more support from them than than your friends, family, close people? Right, it's real simple because they don't know you. Mm. They, they don't. They don't have any um, preconceived notions about you. Mm. Only thing they don't want is your services. Right. That's it. They don't care how much money. They don't count your pockets because. For them, only money that you have is what they just gave you. Right. Everybody else is sitting back saying they're entitled. Mm. It's 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 an entitlement that people want. Um, they want address. Let's just say if I get a million dollars, the first thing they're gonna say is, "What are you gonna buy for your mama? Yeah. What are you gonna buy for your daddy? What are you gonna buy for your children?" See, that's an entitlement. Mm. I can help who I want to help yeah. because if um, when my children become as successful as they're gonna be. I'm not going to be sitting back saying, you owe me. Right. I'm your father. Mm-hmm. You don't owe me. No. You see what I'm saying? So when it's when it comes from strangers, strangers aren't entitled. Mm. They just want your services. That's it. That's true. That's all. <laughs> That's true. That explains so much. Because I mean, mm-hmm. whenever you're starting a business or, or anything new, uh, you're right. The people that don't know you are the first ones that, that uh, support you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they, they see what you have. That's it. They see just that face card. You have a service. Good. That's all I want. Mm. They they don't they don't remember you from third grade that y'all never got into an argument. They just want your services. Thank you, sir. I'll refer you. Yeah, I saw a video that said something similar where it was basically saying that the people that know you, just like you said, they see you for what you were. 
mm-hmm. but the people that don't see you for what you could be. Yeah. And yeah, that's you, the biggest difference. Yeah, you have people who grew up with you. And, you know, the thing is, um, they they don't want you. They want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. Just don't be more successful <laughs> than me now. Do good. Just right. don't do better than me. <laughs> and so what you starting to, you know, when your price starts to go up, uh-huh. your value starts to increase, that makes people who grew up with you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And people don't like to feel uncomfortable. It's true. And, and and that's why, again, that's why I stay solo. Because mm-hmm. only person that I have to deal with is me. Mm-hmm. And if I want to deal with you, I can deal with you on my terms. Right. Now I'm gone. I can say I got my I got my closest friends. I don't have to sit with them every day. Mm-hmm. They know I love them. We get in the group message. I can ride by their house and I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I don't sit with them all day long. Right. Yeah. Money to be made. That's right. <laughs> and, the, and here's the thing, because they're my friends. We already on the same wave. I called it, hey, what's your business like today? Mm-hmm. I called my cousin Donovan Robinson. We we have a money call mm-hmm. every day. But see, I can't have the money call with somebody else because they'll say, hey, you're bragging too much. But see, I call him, he gives it back. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, it, and it releases it. Right. Yeah. We talk about money first. First time I call, hey, what's the bag like? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we say. What's the bag like? Are you getting that money? But somebody else, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable because right. I don't know what kind of money they're getting. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. So, within this within this space that you're in, um, what would you say is one of the favorite things about being in in the mountain business? This is the the most precious moment. It's because um, when I first started on TVs, it would take an hour, mm-hmm. one hour for one TV because I didn't have the proper tools. Right. And this is for any handyman that that's upcoming because everybody else knows. Whoever has the best tools wins. There it is. That's a secret. All right. So once I got my tools together, um, my daughter, Tiana Monet, um, she bought me my first good set of tools mm-hmm. and she bought it for me. It's the most precious thing that she's done. Um, but once I got my best tools, I went from one hour to seven minutes. What? Yeah. So when I go in and mount a TV, the customers are like, okay, Marcus, let us know if you need anything. By the time they go in and sit down, if they just want a basic mount, right. I'm like, I'm done. Huh? What? Whoa, you're done. And now they see speed and service. They're like, well, can you do another one? Mm-hmm. You see, so now mm-hmm. the price just went up. Ooh. You see, that that's how you got to do it. You know, yeah. I don't come in and say, hey, I can do another one. I just, I do it. They're satisfied. Can you do another one? Mm-hmm. And the same thing just happened just now with the young lady at her salon just prior to coming here. Mm-hmm. I was done. She said, whoa, Marcus, you done? I said, yeah. She said, well, can you do another one? Of course. Yeah. And the thing that I like most about what you said is that you didn't start at seven minutes. Like you no, had to work your way up to I that. started in an hour. Yeah. I mean my hands my hands used to be red because I was I would again the it, the it, I was like grinding, grinding, grinding. But again, you know, the calluses, the rough hands, it paid off. Mm-hmm. But people don't see that. I don't think this is a TV on the right. wall. They don't know the backstory. Right. And that's okay. It's like you put in you have to put in Put in the time. Yeah, like Kobe said, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wasn't with me turning that wrench. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it took an hour. <laughs> yeah, but you know, again, my children they know how to do it. Even my eleven year old, she knows how to do it. Really? Yeah, they know how to. They know how to do it. Man, yeah. So um, I know you. I know you said that you need good tools. Yeah. But are there any tips that you have for anybody that that want to go in that route without um, giving you know? Yeah. First things first is customer service. 
And people have to feel comfortable with you because what I do is personal. You know, I'm coming into your personal home, your space. So again, people watch. If you're on social media, you're in the public, whatever, showing out, they don't want you in their homes. Right. And they'll, they won't tell you that, but they'll show you that by not calling you. So when people feel comfortable, you know, they, again, they'll call you in. Hey, I heard you do this. Um, you know, they'll, they'll just invite you. It's all about your, um, your reputation, mm-hmm. you know, once they once they feel comfortable with you, you know, you'll be just a regular and they always call you no matter what. They'll wait. They'll wait a week or two, three weeks. They'll wait for you. You know, even if somebody gives a, a drastically lower price, I'm waiting for you right. because they become loyal customers. And that's what you want. It's all about reputation. It's all about um, and the re- relationship that you build with your customers. Mm-hmm. You know, once they feel comfortable. And, and you're going to treat them right. right. A lot of people, they think, I'm going to go in and get rich off my customer. No, you give them a great price. The great, You don't have to be the highest. You don't have to lowball yourself. But give them a sweet price. Mm-hmm. Remember, I can go in and do one TV. Right. Come out doing three or four. Because, I didn't move my because price. Because of what you did to that first TV. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I can base it on an hour. So mm-hmm. I was in there one hour. I was in there for seven minutes and did one TV. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden... They want two or three more. I was still in there for less than an hour. Mm-hmm. And you made a few hundred dollars. So, you know, you don't have to move your price to try to overcompensate. Treat that customer right and they're going to pay you. Right. And I'm big on that. If you if somebody gives you their money, you should give them a good. Yeah. You should give them a good experience. Yeah. At all times. Make sure they come out on top. Mm-hmm. Every time. Right. So I know we talk about. We talked about, you know, some of the favorites, but is there anything that you don't care for in, in the space? Yeah, let me go ahead and say it, okay? <laughs> and I always say, these are my repeat customers, and they know, and I tell them all the time. I cannot stand working outside. Call mm. me a pretty boy if you want to. <laughs> I played sports all my life. I've been outside. I, you know, just like yesterday, I had my um, had my homegirl, Bootsy. So Bootsy, Bootsy Nash. I think it's Bootsy Nash. I can't. I think it's her last name. But anyway, she wanted me to put up a pool. And a lot of people prior, I mean, even last year, Marcus, you put up a pool, and I was like, I don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. I even told her that. I right. even texted. I, I re- responded back, and I said, I don't mess with pools. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, let, let me just go ahead and break out of my shell. I right. said, okay, I, I'll come up today. And so I went up, and I put it up, mm-hmm. and I guess she likes it, you know. She was satisfied. But yeah, working outside is not my thing, uh, you know, but you know, I'll do it, you know. Uh I'll put up your trampoline. I'm not touching your basketball goals anymore. <laughs> I know that's right. I'm telling you, basketball <laughs> goals, man. No. I've done them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Trampolines, I got them down. I can put them up no time. And I guess swimming pools now, so if y'all need me, let me know. Hey. Yeah. Like you said, the price just went up. Yeah, the price just went up. That's right. <laughs> Add it to my repertoire. Man. So uh in this space, it sounds like a lot of it is through trial and error for you. But did you have any, any? Well, never mind. I, I answered my own question about the guidances with the electrician that you that you brought up. Is there anybody else that, that kind of guided you in this field? No, just Marcus. Mm-hmm. Just Marcus Richard. That's my dude. Um, and the thing about him, I I want to let everybody know that's one of the most genuine guys that I know. Um, besides my close friends. Um, again, he, we went to a guy's house, brand new house. Mm -hmm. Um, when we were putting up the TV, he would show me how to actually run the wires. I was like, cause I never knew. I was like, how do y'all do that? You know, once he showed me, because he's a um, certified electrician, Mm -hmm. um, he showed me how to do it. 
But the guy who we were mounting his TV, he took a picture. Once he took that picture, we posted it. Um, it went viral, like 90,000 um, shares of likes. Oh, wow. Um, 45,000. So, I, it, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And I had people calling from all around America, hit me up. And I met a guy um, during that time. His name is Marquise Cox, okay? And his business is called Marquise Mounts. And he's out of um, Raleigh. And Marquise, we talked. And again, just like I said, if I'm doing something, I want to help somebody else. And I'll say this and I'll tell you the money and everything because he doesn't mind. He've already, I've already posted it. But Marquise, he, he quit his job. A year later, he made $300,000 just off of Mountain TVs. So again, when I say I don't eat by myself, I don't eat by myself. So again, he he told me and I got the receipts. I got the screenshots. Again, I'm Marcus Mounts. He's Marquise Mounts. Um, again, that's another brother in business for me. So, you know, he he left his job and, and he's thriving right now. You can go to his page, uh, Marquise Cox. You'll see his van and you'll see him doing his thing. He, he's a He's a six-figure guy. He's a three hundred thousand dollar guy. He just mount TVs. So again, hey, it sounds like it, it, you say he just mount TVs, but for that price, man, man, price just went up. The price just went up. Yeah. Again. See, I told you, people, people pay. People gonna pay for quality service. Right. So if you can come in now, you know he's mounting. He's running the wires, and then I mean he's doing. You know we do ceiling fans and you know lights and all this good stuff. We do that as well. Um, but again, the basis that gets people in the home is the TV mounting because you want your TV to look professionally installed, insured is what we all do. Um, so that's that's the whole basis. So outside, with the as far as the electricity portion of it, was that something that you just had to you just had to see for yourself, or did you have to do any additional classes? No, no, uh, uh-uh. I'm a quick learner, so. Um, once Marcus showed me, I mean, we sat there <laughs> 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it took that long because we were just talking out, right. asking questions. Okay. What about this black wire? Okay. What about this white wire? What about this green? Okay. What about if I touch this, it knocks a break off, da, da, da. And once you start to learn about currents and watts and, and, you know, you're not scared because a lot of times you don't know because you've been, people told you this, don't right. mess with electricity you and you get electrocuted. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. But. Again, anytime you mount the TV, first time or any time, and you're running wires, make sure that you hit the off switch. Make sure you, you hit the circuit breaker, turn that power off. If you don't, that's on you. But again, <laughs> um, that's the whole thing. Once he showed me that, man, it was there was no more classes. Man, so you you were able to build this business, and it didn't take that much. Outside of you just trial and error. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a whole lot of um, education that went into it. No, it was um you again it it, it based on your your previous education. Right, you know, right. in class when in math class they talk about the you know the, the three eighths and one fourth. Right. So you, you have to be able to measure because the client says the customer says I want my TV right here. You can't just take the mountain and just stick it there. You right. have to measure and know exactly how far and how far over. You know you got to know the anatomy of the walls. You know you have to know studs are usually on sixteen and twenty fourths. Um, you know that anytime you see an outlet, there's a stud either to the left or the right. So that gives you your first outlet. And make sure you have a great stud finder because if not, you're going to be putting a lot of holes in the wall. And I've, I've been behind um, mounters who put holes in the wall and they were employed by the big box companies. I'm not going to say their name, but <laughs> y'all know who they are. And 
They charge too much for that. Man. Man. So, now that we're here, I, I appreciate you, you sharing all that because I had no idea that yeah. it was, that it was, that it was going that well. You know, it's yeah. um, something that um, I was interested in and I would, you got me ready to, to I got some jobs for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't stop. It, it's, it's the most, I say it's the most silliest idea that I've ever thought of. Right. Make to me, and I still I thank God all the time. I, I, I'm I'm walking out of people's homes saying, "Wow, this is," and the phone still it, it continues to ring. Mm-hmm. It can it it never stops. It's like, could you come? Could you come? Yesterday I was I was in Charlotte yesterday. Um, you know, on the way down here, I got another call for Newberry. Mm-hmm. So it. Again, I, I can just thank God, man, because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to just make it make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you made it make sense. It's just you did everything that you were supposed to do. You saw where you know you saw where your life was. You made a decision, yeah, and and you stuck with it. Yeah. Um, and for anybody else, I would tell them I I can't remember the actual motivational speaker that said this, but um, for anybody else who wants to, you know, start their own idea from thin air or whatever, or piggyback off anything I may be doing or someone else. Um, only thing you have to do is um, figure out um, a problem in society and then find a solution. People going to pay you for it. Okay. That's all you got to do. That's, that's really the basis of, of, you know, business. Mm-hmm. Business is all about providing a service. Find something that's just like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos says, okay, Hey, people want uh, uh, books. Okay, I'm gonna get them those books. Okay, now they want they want stuff like overnight. Okay, I'm gonna create Prime, mm-hmm. and that's all you do. And then now he's a billionaire. And don't solve a problem. Just it. You solve a problem, people gonna pay you. That's it. Find a problem, and if there is no problem, make one. Mm-hmm. Man, then solve it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. If they don't need it, make them think they need it. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people pay you. Man, that's great. It's crazy that you brought up that point because that that was going to be my next question. So you not you knocked that one right out the out the ballpark. Um, at this point, what drives you? What's your what's your motivation? Seeing customers smile, seeing customers smile, and being able to tell my children yes. Mm. See, when when you go when when you see, I didn't grow up with. A whole lot, you know. I can't say I was broke, poor, because you know my family. They were, they were, they were good. They were, they, were, they do, what, they did what they're supposed to do. Um, but me, I knew I wanted, I, I wanted to, to be able to put cheese on my burger. There you go. Okay. I want to be able to put a little extra, yeah, a little extra on mine. So in order to do that, I know I had to do a little bit more. Okay, I had to make my price go up. And so now it's like, you know, when able, you know, with, with, with raising children. I like to be, you know, as a man, you're the provider and you're the protector by nature. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you're not in your natural state, you don't feel as though you're the actual complete man. So I make sure that I'm able to provide, you know, I'm able to provide the love, the comfort. Yeah. But you don't have to depend on, dang, I don't know, daddy, if I got to be able to make this. I don't know how much am I going to pay for my car, daddy. and. I need some gas. It's like, no, tell your daddy. As long as you're doing good, your daddy got you. So my children know that. And so with me being able to provide and do what I do um, with my career, being a school counselor, and then with my business being Marcus Mounts, it, it enables me to do that with ease. Man, I 
love that. It's because uh, I don't think people, well, men, we understand. Um, as a man, it, there's a lot of things that you just expect it to. Nobody cares if you're not getting the job done, basically. Yeah. It's you, up to you. Yeah. Next man whether up. You, whether you're falling short or whether you are excelling at a high level. Yeah. It's all up to you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a father, uh, what does that what does that mean to you to be able to provide for your kids? Um, it it just again it just it just makes me feel as you know like a whole father, like yeah. a man. Okay, my father is not a bum. You know, I never never wanted to be associated with that word right. bum. You know, even if I didn't have it, I was gonna make sure I grind to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's why I do what I do. You know, that's why I'm as confident as I am. And I always be this confident yeah. because I know at any given time I can generate, you know, something of interest of other people that people will pay me for. Because Marcus Mounts is just, that's just one thing. Right. Right. That, you know, I got some other stuff that, you know, it'll come. Yeah. So I know you have, um, I know you, you mentioned your kids a few times, but you have a son, um, mm-hmm. Junior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What is it like to be able to to, to go to a game and, and watch him ball? Man, listen, it, it's it's the greatest feeling ever um, to be able to see the second coming of you mm-hmm. in a better version. Mm-hmm. Because I know the stuff that I dealt with, he can't relate. Mm-hmm. I try to tell him sometimes. They, they look. I try to tell all my children sometimes. They like, Daddy, we don't know mm-hmm. because they don't know. Right. Because I make sure that they, you know, they didn't <laughs> experience it. You know, they their father was there. Every day, umbilical cord cutting there. You know, I'm I'm there. So it's the greatest feeling ever. It's it's better than anything. Just sitting there watching my son. It's just like this weekend. I wasn't there on time. Mm -hmm. You know, I was maybe 20 minutes late because I went to the wrong field. My bad, Marcus. Um, and he called me, Daddy. Where you at? Because he knows my dad is gonna be there. And if my dad is not here this time, where's he at? So that's the relationship that we have. My dad is going to be in the stands. I know he's in the stands. So my daddy's there. And black boys need black men. That's what we need, period. There's there's no other. Um, we love our mothers. We love our black women. But a black man's impact is totally different. It's imperative. It's vital. We have to be there for our sons. If not, it's not good. It's not good. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm jealous in that fact because I have two um I have three kids. Mm-hmm. Um two teenagers, mm-hmm. one nineteen, one fifteen, mm-hmm. and a three year old. Mm-hmm. Um and I wanted my boys to go in that in that realm. Now mm-hmm. not necessarily it didn't even have to be sports. Just give yeah. me something yeah. to cheer about. But they mm-hmm. didn't participate. My mm-hmm. two boys at least didn't participate in um in organized sports of any any Thing, but that's cool. That's what they want to do. They still yeah. make good grades. There you go. Um, so I still got baby girl that I can't. Can, yeah, yeah. Hope I don't want to force it, but like you said, just to be able as a dad, that's a that's a huge flex um, to be able to say whatever my kids got going on. I'm there. I don't yeah. care what it is. Oh yeah, always. And, and it's not even a question. Yeah, that's that. That's my pity. That's my pity. Me. I mean, the greatest example of child support. Mm-hmm. You know, be there for your child. Right. Kids don't remember money. But they remember you sitting in that game. Yes. They remember you, you coming off the field, you hugging them. That's the best support um, that my children will always say. My daddy was there. Mm-hmm. They will always say that. Yeah, my daddy was there. Oh, yeah, he was there. 
I'm one hundred percent agree because I know I know the feeling of being able to say the opposite. Yeah, and again, I do too. So that's when I try to tell them what I grew up with. Um, although my father and I, we have the greatest relationship on the planet right now. Right. Let, let's get that correct. Right. My my father wasn't there earlier due to things, you know, right. how things go. But as I got older, you know, middle school, high school, and on up, yeah, my father was there, so he's there. If I need anything, my daddy is the smartest man on the planet to me. So hmm. yeah, he's the bomb. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Marcus, we had a great interview today. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and watch it myself. Um, yeah. But before we get out of here, I always like to wrap it up with a two stubborn in the film moment. Basically, mm-hmm. one moment that sticks out to you over the others where you had to overcome adversity and you made it out better on the other side. Ooh, let me think of... Because you dropped, you dropped some nuggets on here already. Yeah, I did, man. <laughs> it, I don't know. I, I guess digging myself out of a out of a hole, you know, um, but like two and a half years again, I, I was in a a mental hole, mm-hmm. uh, financial hole. But again, it, it, it's all about persevering. You know, I used to talk about this: the three P's: um, prayer, patience, and perseverance. So that's what I use to get myself out of any hole, any rut, um, any tough situations that I've ever been in. You know, the three P's: prayer, patience, and perseverance to see you through. You know, trust in God because, or if you don't trust in God, just trust in something higher than yourself. You know, that's for anybody. Hey, that was that was a great one. Um, but before we get out of here, I appreciate that moment from yeah. you. Um, where can the people find you? Um, social media handles, if they want to book you, um, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can get, um, what is Facebook, Marcus Porter Senior, um, Instagram, again, Marcus underscore Porter underscore Senior. Um, and then if you see my Marcus Mounts truck, call me, 864-426-426. 7107. I'm always working. Always. Mm. Well, y'all heard it here. This has been another amazing episode of the Two Stubborn to Fail podcast. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. If you sat through this whole video, you, that means you're rocking with me. So go ahead and, and tap in. We got a lot of good guests coming up. And um, we're probably going to have them back for whatever. Who knows? Marcus Mount is going to grow into something. I feel it. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm. Grateful that you, again, had patience with me. Um, There's one thing that I value over anything is people's time. So I appreciate you sitting down with me and having a a dope conversation. Um, Did you have any any last closing remarks before we get out of here? Yeah. um, This is for everyone who's watching or who will view this. Make sure that you always keep keep your chin up. Keep your chin up. Make sure you keep positive thoughts in your head because that's what drives everything. The thoughts that you say to you is not the outside. Remember, the water in the boat is what sinks it, not the water around it. So make sure that everything that's going on up here is positive and progressive. And again, like I tell y'all, the price just went up and I see y'all at the top. Mm. Hey, Marcus Porter Sr. in the house today. This has been another dope episode of the Two Stubborn to Fail podcast. I'm your host, Darren Perkins, and I am signing out. Peace.